Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this. It is the Rugby Dungeon. Now, I was going to tell you where you can find us on Twitter, etc., but I'm going to jump straight into it because I am joined by... Tom Cruise, the more famous one. How are you, mate? Uh, really good. Pleasure to be here, mate. Now, you must get a lot of that uh, Tom Cruise banter. <laughs> it's every time I meet someone new, <laughs> whether it be at the supermarket or, or whatever, bumping into people, mate, I always get it. But um, yeah, my uh, my parents seem to think he wasn't famous at the time, but he definitely was. I was what, 89. Doing like so. peak cocktail. Yeah, mate, honestly, I was 89 and I think Top Gun was 88 or something like that. So yep. he was definitely famous enough. So, the one that makes me laugh, right, is... Actually, how many Twitter followers do, do, do you have? Because I imagine that's... Uh... <laughs> Interesting, actually. Uh, I've got... A, not that I've been counting. I, th- I think I've got about <laughs> 5,000 or something like that. Um, but there was a time when I first got the blue tick, and I did uh... change the picture over, and I did sneak a few uh, a few followers. So, a bit of a fraudster, really. But... Exactly. Well, <laughs> talking of fraudsters, um, a friend, friend of the podcast, I would say, Tom Brady, 107 followers for... Uh, <laughs> for um, the backup Leicester Tigers yeah. win, yeah, he uh, he loves a little uh, spontaneous tweet about the Super Bowl or something <laughs> as well, just to you know, catch a few bites. Uh, so, pretty heavy game for you on, on on Friday. Yeah, it was, mate. Obviously, really disappointing. Um, you know, to lose in that manner at the end of the game, you know, it was pretty heartbreaking to be honest. Um, but I suppose. You know, we, we got into a good lead and uh, and let sail back into it. And do you know what? Fair play. They they probably deserve the win in the end. Now, does this game mean any more to you? Sorry, I say this game because if you're listening in the past or in the future, I should, I should say, Tom has just finished playing against Sale. Uh, does this fixture m- mean any more to you? Because obviously you were picked up by Sale and Sale, Sale initially. Um, uh, they're all big games, really, aren't they? I know it's a bit cliche, but you know. Sale were the people who uh, opened the door f- of professional rugby to me. So mm-hmm. it's not somewhere, you know, I, I got released after a year. Um, but it's not somewhere I hold, you know, any bitterness or anything like that. It's somewhere that I enjoy going back to play. Um, but I, uh, not really, if I'm honest. So just tell us a little bit about you then. You know, it's it's quite it's quite a, a cool story how you ended up uh, at, um, at Wasp. So just give us a little bit of break, a breakdown of like, how you got there. Um, I suppose unorthodox route. Uh, I didn't do any academy stuff. I uh, I played a lot of my rugby in the leagues, national leagues, uh, national three, national two for Stockport, which is mm. obviously just just my local yeah. club. Um, uh, I played. I was playing that till I was twenty two. Uh, I actually signed a contract at, at Macclesfield off the back of that. That we were in national one. You know, I was obviously really looking forward to that. Um, and then got picked up by Pete Anglesey to go to Sale that year. Uh, okay. Um, did you do your stint with the Jets? I did, yeah. I, I was actually I was that guy who was a guest player um, <laughs> yeah. while I was at Stockport, and then uh, yeah, I played a lot of Jets games in the year I was at Sale, um, and and then yeah, off the back of that, ended up at Rotherham for a couple of years, which was do you know what, probably my favourite couple of years that I've played to date. You know, absolutely brilliant place to be in the Championship, and I'll, I'll probably say that, that was the making of me, to be honest. So we were talking before the podcast. The Championship is brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I think um, I was actually thinking about this on the way on the way down because, you know, the teams that come down from the Premiership have the money and they have the facilities to recover. So, you know, it might seem like a minor detail, but you know, they have the ice baths, they have the food, they have yeah. the facilities to recover. You know, I'm at Rotherham for two years. I'm you know playing sixty, seventy minutes a week. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're coming up against, you know, Bristol, for example, in February, and you're feeling absolutely knackered. 
Um, and, and you and, travel down there exactly, yeah, on the day, and and yeah, mate, it's, it's absolutely brutal to be honest. Um, but it, it's a great league. So uh, Rotherham, they full, they all full time professionals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, financially, you, you you might not think it. Um, there's a boys who uh, they kind of scrape by, but they, uh, you know, they're trying to hold on to that dream and, and try and get to the top tier. Yeah, yeah. Well, how is the how is the atmosphere in like a Rotherham in terms of lads? Because it does sound like you're all kind of in it together. There's no like um, six figure salaries there. No, and no, no. I'm, I'm sure that the car park isn't quite as smart as the one in Wasps. Well, I think the the, the thing you have is you have each other. Um, you don't have a lot of money. You know, it's, it's we used to say you know stay humble. Um, you know, you're forced to be a tight knit group. Uh, and matter of fact, most of my mates at the moment, um, or should I say, most of my mates are, are from my time at Rotherham yeah. because you know we we got that close. Um, Wasp wise, you know, everyone does their own thing. Um, you know, naturally, you know, people are on better salaries, and and obviously with our move to um, to Coventry as well, a lot of boys like to get back to London a lot as well. Well, you must have found that playing well. The difference between like Stockport and Macclesfield, I guess. Because when you start paying like pay, paying money, um, I mean, we saw it around here. I think a few years ago with Manchester, it's just a different ethos in the club. Like you're traveling, uh, you're traveling to Mac. You play your games. Everyone travels back to where they come from. They don't live in the same area. Mm. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it's interesting you say that about the money because I think you know you're playing in, in National Three, National Two. Maybe you don't get anything. Maybe you know you might get expenses. And then when you get to National One, I suppose when you do start getting paid. I think you probably have a duty to get that little bit more professionalism. Yeah, but I just think it must be miserable, you know. Like if you were playing, say, you know, let's say Nat, Nat two or Nat three, and they're paying you what, like whatever it is a game, and you've got to drive there on your own, and then you've got to drive back on your own, and it's just it's just not quite the same. So I think you know when you get the money involved, it's got to be worth worth the while. It's got to be it's got to be good enough to keep you engaged. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I I, I agree with you, but I think the the main reason for playing when you're in national three and national two is probably you know social you play with your mates mm. um and then obviously as you get to that one and you get a bit more money you know maybe that can be the deciding factor where you play so when you went to mac then uh, and this is and this is brilliant brilliantly regional i absolutely love this um what was your intention were you thinking like i just want to play as high as i can or was, was the thought actually i think i can go a bit higher than higher than mac i want to showcase myself no mate honestly i i, I fully stumbled across professional rugby I was buzzing with my contract to, to sign at Macclesfield, you know, yeah. National One, one below the championship, you know, professional league. And it was just purely, you know, try and play as high as I can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was actually, you know, it was a really big deal for me. And, and actually, after I'd signed that contract is when I ended up at sale for a year, which, uh, you know, came really out of the blue. And obviously, you know, it was a massive moment for me. Yeah, I used to play against Macclesfield quite, quite a lot at second team level. And, oh, my God. I mean... The difference in standard between the Broughton Park second team and the Macclesfield second team is absolutely frightening. Yeah. They played against this lad called, uh, and again, this is very, very regional, uh, Jack Moore. Moore. Morehouse? Morehouse. Yeah. I think he scored six tries. <laughs> He's a good player. He's at Sale FC now. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well when Sale, Sale FC set up, because you remember Sale FC were like uh, maybe level eight, maybe level At nine. At that time? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were slowly like, Getting up, and I think when they got to like, I don't know, say level six or level five, that's when they started bringing in all the lads from Stockport and Macclesfield. They're quite a formidable team, though. They are, mate. To be honest, I think I think they have that link with Sale Sharks, don't they? Yeah. Um, and I think there there is an idea there somewhere to to kind of get to a level where you know fringe players um, or senior academy players can then go to Sale FC and play their rugby um, and and play every week as opposed to you know just the the odd jets game yeah yeah well the problem is with the a-league now is there's just not enough games I, i'm not sure how valuable the a-league is on one other thing yeah it's very valuable for young players but on the other hand half the teams aren't even fulfilling their fixtures i think yeah when it gets to the point where like you say teams are pulling out of fixtures yeah it's ridiculous. and teams are putting out you know half a team isn't a contracted players they're guest players you've got to start wondering how beneficial it is yeah oh, completely agree i thought when they slimmed it down down a bit that that'd be better but you know you look at the eight this is um yeah this this is one of my bugbears when you look at uh say the jets they will get in guest players now i don't know why someone like worcester can't get in enough guest players to fulfill a fixture it's absolutely ludicrous yeah i suppose you know it depends kind of where you are and what clubs you have around you and Yes, availability because it's a Monday night, isn't it? And and you know you might try and sneak a training session in before the game and stuff. So 
at the end of the day, people work, don't they? It's, we're fortunate enough to do it for a living, but you know these guest players are probably working a nine five and then coming after the, after work. Tell me, when you Mark, with was there, was there that relationship with Sale where they were loaning out uh, loaning out players still? No, there was no relationship. My uh, my coach uh, at Macclesfield, Jeff Whoppet, hated the fact that I was on loan from Sale. Oh, really? He absolutely hated it. He didn't want to let me out of my contract to go to Sale. Really? Um, oh. Which you can imagine, yeah, didn't go down <laughs> yeah. well with me. Um, uh, yeah, he was desperate for me just to play for Maxwell for a year, you know, one more year sort of sort of talk. Uh, so certainly no relationship whatsoever. But I know that was was Tommy was Tommy on loan. Yeah, no, that's an interesting. One. I thought Tommy Taylor was from Macclesfield. Yes. Oh right. So d- did he not play at Macclesfield? Yeah, but I can't remember if if he played at Maxwell before he went to Sale or if he went to Sale. Yeah, and, got and then out got loaned to Macclesfield. out. I'm not sure. I knew he was definitely there. The other one who went was was uh, was Sam James. Yeah, I know Sam played a few games and uh, Tom Morton as well, who he's been got released, I think, last year. Oh, uh, but right, he right. did a stint last year as well at, at Macclesfield, and he's actually playing there now full time. Yeah, it's a, again, it's a dangerous one that because if you've built your team around on loan Premiership guys, and then they need and then they need to go back, all of a sudden you've got a massive hole. Well, I remember um, one of the lads who still plays at Macclesfield now, a guy called Sam Moss, um, mm. a, a ginger hooker. Yeah, he's an absolute stalwart. Like he played, I don't know. He must have played two, two hundred, two hundred fifty games. So obviously, you've got me training on Thursday night and and playing on Saturday. It just <laughs> makes for you know, it's not a great atmosphere, is it? Yeah. Because you know, he's a a really good bloke. But at the end of the day, he's training Tuesday, Thursday. He wants to play on Saturday. Oh yeah, that that to me must be an be an absolute killer. Oh, I, I tell you, another one that did it as well is uh, Cameron Neald. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he was a different one, wasn't he? Because he changed position. I know he, he covers two and six. Yeah. So I think for him it was like it was brilliant that he could go to a national league club, um, and prob- I, I assume that he went and, and did a lot of hooking, did he? And, and trying to learn his trade that way. So I think I think he played mostly on the flank for Macclesfield, but oh, right. then would then would fill in at hooker yeah. like as and when. Yeah. But I think if he got his. Uh, I'm not going to force you to comment on on the other player. But <laughs> if he got his throwing right, he could be dynamite. Mate, he's a good player. He's, he's a good player. He's, yeah, yeah, good play. It's it's one of those, isn't it? It's uh, one bad game can can ruin your reputation. You know, it's it's tough. And yeah, I think he had his against Newcastle, which is a shame because he is like, like I said, a really really. He was breaking through player. the year I got released from Sale, um, and he he was brilliant. To be fair, he fit straight in. He was a young lad at the time. I think he was the third highest carrier in the Premiership last year. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me. He's probably up there with tackles as well. Yeah, just just out and out work rate. Mm. I, I tell you, someone who really impressed me on Saturday is Jack Willis. Yeah, mate, top player. Wow, top player. Um, yeah, probably got a big future, hasn't he? If we're honest, he. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. He uh, he he carries well, and he's a good defender. He's aggressive. Um, and he's actually his younger brother is the, the captain of the 18s as well. I'm glad you mentioned that? him. As, as I have heard that there is a younger bro- a younger Willis somewhere, and that he's also pretty good. Yeah, the, there was the old oh, uh, his younger brother's better than him and all this. So I think Jack's taken that upon him to prove everybody wrong. Well, do, do you think he's more naturally a seven rather than a six? He's brilliant over the ball, mate. So it depends what you want. I know that Eddie Jones talks a lot about having a disruptive seven, doesn't he? Like yeah. uh, someone who can tackle. So, you know, like uh, Underhill, for example. Um, but Willis, I think, offers a lot. He can carry aggressively, he hits hard, and he's outstanding over the ball. He, his over-the-ball work, I think. Well, if you, you think about it, I guess Friday's game is a bit of an, a bit of an audition, really, for England's future seven. And you know, Curry's a brilliant. I, you know, I, I absolutely love, love, love watching him play. But I, I actually think they might have got a little bit, out, um, a little bit, a little bit outplayed. Uh, what just you mean particularly that that seven yeah, ju- versus seven? Yeah, or... just over the ball. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it was the first twenty minutes or first fifteen minutes. I think Willis had two jackal turnovers, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it helped that we were defending for off the game, didn't it? To be <laughs> yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, but I know that I know that both Curry brothers, you know, are similar sort of players. They like to get their hands on the ball and and obviously offer quite a threat in defence as well. Yeah. So let's just can continue. Joining the joining the dots, and you'd sail. You get released. You're in Doncaster, and you make Modern. it back. Sorry, I always get those <laughs> That's two. The enemy. Up. You can't say that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. Um, what happens next? What, what do you um, next? Interested, actually. I uh, so I had midway through my first year, I nearly ended up at Leicester. 
Oh, did you? And it got blocked because you know budgets aren't big, so you know you lose your first choice hooker. Yeah. No, no blank to fill and no money. Um, so that got blocked, and I signed up for another year, and was fortunate enough to end up um, at Irish. Uh, obviously, ending up at Irish in comparison to my year at Sale, I was so much more ready. Yeah. You know, um, my two years in, in the championship, um, playing regularly. Um, you know, I felt very much ready to go and prove myself in the Premiership. Were you more physically ready, as in were you physically bigger and stronger, or was it just a mental thing? Mental thing. Um, obviously, I'd done. I'd have another two years of full time training in my body, so it probably was a better athlete. Mm. But I think the main thing was mentally. Um, like I was saying before, you know, I'd go to sale from a National Two club, and I'm throwing a ball to Richie Gray. You know, <laughs> six months yeah. before, I'm throwing throwing the ball to my best mate, and you know, <laughs> at Headlands Road. So, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely more ready, um, and it, it was a year that didn't really go to plan. I actually fractured my eye socket in the last preseason game and was out for I can't remember Ooh. how long I was out for. I think it was like eight to ten weeks, um, and it just you know killed my momentum because um, I, I felt like I was there or thereabouts. Yeah, well, I tell you what's a weird one, right? I went to watch Sail Train, and I was lucky enough to watch, I was lucky enough to watch, to watch some scrimmages. Just going back to your thing about like like the mental preparation or not or not being prepared. And what struck me was exactly how much of, you know, how loud the hookers were. So like when the senior hookers got in the scrum or the layout is, you know, how much they take control of things, you know, the communication, that that kind of thing. And that was the overriding difference between. The guys like Rob Webber and I don't think Mark Jones was training, training that day, and whoever the second choice was, mm-hmm. and then the academy lads do exactly the same thing. They don't push less hard, but it feels less intense because they've not got that leadership. And I imagine if you came in, if you came in fresh to that environment, shouting at Richie Gray to push harder or whatever <laughs> it is, it's just it it, it must be mind boggling. It is, it is, and it, and it was as well. I, I definitely caught me off guard because um, these are guys who I was watching the year before, and now I'm training with them. Um, and, and like you say, you know, hookers probably do have that leadership role because, you know, look, I, I'll go in tomorrow and ultimately I'm going to get judged on my set piece. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to go in and start bossing around, you know, all these internationals, um, you know, probably wasn't something that came natural to me. Yeah. The, the thing with hooking as well, and it, it must frustrate you, is when you get blamed for the bad lift or the bad jump, it, it, it's always the thrill. For whatever reason, it's always the thrill. It is, yeah, but I think... The attention to detail, it, you know, that's the outside view. Yeah. You, know, you know, you're a fan in the stand and you watch a line out, you know, get stolen or whatever. Yeah. Straight away you think throw. But um, the attention to detail we put on that sort of stuff uh, in reviews is, you know, lift poor, um, you know, jump poor, should have caught it, could have reached for it, or, you know, or it is the throw and it's you know, yeah. over under. Um, so, you know, you, you know, you don't really get hung out, hung out to dry. Yeah, well, well, and let... Um, and le- Unless it's by the fans or the commentators, because, like I say, it, it's always the hooker. Yeah, it can be infuriating, you know, because, obviously, it, it is opinions, isn't it? Um, and, you know, the spectators at home will, will will listen to the commentator, and the commentator might just, you know, he might think that might be his opinion, he might be wrong, he might be right. Um, but, obviously, he says it, and then the, the thousands of people watching now think that. So, if I was a young, I don't know, let's just say... A young guy in Ealing or somewhere getting invited into a Premiership squad for, for the first time. What what would be what would be your your, your advice? Um, it's a tough question. I think you've just got to go and impose yourself. Yeah. I think it's 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 a rugby environment is very alpha. <laughs> yeah. You know, you show any weakness and people will jump on it. Um, so you've just got to go and impose yourself. I suppose you know if you are at Ealing and, and you're playing well and you've been invited to a Premiership squad, you're good enough to be in the Premiership squad. You know that's the fact. So I suppose it's just you know go and go and impose yourself on the squad and go and do what you do every day for Ealing because that was what got you there in the first place. Yeah, uh, act like you've been there before. Yeah, yeah, probably. You know that's a very good advice, isn't it? Because then it's confident, isn't it? They, they say, you know, experience is knowledge, isn't it? And and if you act like you've been there before, you might have to blag it a bit. But yeah, probably not bad advice. So when Sarah released you, that, that must have been that must have been, a, been been a bit of a knock. Yeah, it was, but. I was very aware that I wasn't good enough to be there. Uh, I see. So it, as much as it was a knock, um, that that year, more than any other, I learned about myself and about what it took to be a professional rugby player. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, because Tommy was playing week in, week out for sale there. Yeah. Um, and him and Mark Jones, and I watched them play, and, and 
you know, I picked apart their games and I was thinking, you know, do I need to be fitter? Do I need to be this? Do I need to be that? But probably the, the main difference for me was the throwing. Okay. Um, because, like I was saying before, you know, a Premiership lineout compared to a National 2 lineout is a huge difference. Is there? Massive difference. So that actually surprised me. I just thought the lineout was one of the areas where it wouldn't be that much different. I thought it'd be like round the park and the pace of the game rather than the set um, piece. Triggers change. For okay. example, I'd never thrown a throw jump. So where you the ball is the trigger and then they jump to the jumper jumps to the ball. Do you, do you understand what I'm yeah, trying to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think it through because I'm thinking how we do ours. Yeah, go on. So I would, I would basically throw out a target like they would go up and I would throw the ball oh, and you've to got to them hit that in the air before. Yeah. Whereas you go into a professional line out and all of a sudden you're having to throw different shape balls, different pace balls, um, and it isn't easy at all. It's repetition. That's interesting because, like, basically at amateur clubs, you jack the guy up and then you hit his hands. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what the shape of the ball is as long as it get, gets those yeah. hands. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm fortunate enough now to have, um, well, one, I've got Andy Titterell, who, you know, you'll be, you'll be aware of. Yeah, um, yeah. As our, you know, he's really good for the hookers, so we do a lot of throwing stuff with him. But also the lads who run our line out the second row is like Keenan Mile and James Gaskell. Um, absolutely brilliant with feedback. Um, you know, not relentless with it. You know, yeah. earlier, you know, this sort of um, this sort of feedback, and it's helped me no end, to be honest. Yeah, there are some lads in the, in the Premiership who their lineout knowledge is just it's just just different level. Yeah, and it's well, it's, we've we found out this year, haven't we, with the new scrum laws mm. that um, the lineout has become a really important source of, of ball. Yeah. Whereas it used to be, you know, a lot of scrum penalties and a lot of this, a lot of that. Now line out is somewhere where you can really start to expose defences. Just explain that. What, explain why the scrum laws have made... Have made, well, have made they've taken the change. hits out, haven't they? Everything's a lot closer mm. um, for safety and, you know, rightly so, really. Players need to be looked after. Um, and I think because they've taken the hit out, there's, there's less margin for someone to be more dominant. Mm. Uh, so you know you're probably seeing I don't know look I, I don't know what the stats are but you're probably seeing more completed scrums um, yeah than you know we've maybe seen in the past I think you guys are on like 94% or something I'll take that I, I, it's it's <laughs> it, uh, sorry completed as, as in when you own ball yeah 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 you're on about I yeah. think they're on 96 you're on 94 something very very close yeah, yeah. Um, it's still an area look props are gold dust aren't they yeah. it's yeah. still an area that is hugely important but all I'm saying is that um, the line out has has recently become you know hugely important. Not that it wasn't before, but it's become you know hugely important for for teams as an attacking weapon. Yeah, well, it's interesting. That's why a lot of people were kind of thinking that Eddie Jones had gone with three uh, with three locks rather than three back rows, and it does make sense. You just want the you just want the extra options. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially playing test match rugby, you you got you need the ball. Yeah, you can't be playing test match rugby. You know, not winning any of your set piece, inviting these you know international quality attacks to to come at you over and over again. I, I I love how how rugby works in cycles. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. So everyone, you know, so Eddie Jones picks his three three locks, and three locks are great, and you, you know, you're getting all, getting all the ball, and you're nice and physical, until you meet a John Barkley, and then all of a sudden it's you know back yeah. to the drawing board. Yeah, it is. Um, it's an impact, interesting point, isn't it? I suppose. Um, <laughs> England are probably fortunate enough that they can play someone like Marrow or or, um, or Courtney Laws in the back row, and you still get that you know dynamism yeah. um, around the park. But like you say, they're tall blokes, and you know while they they are good over the ball, you you know Scotland you know really did take us apart with three back rowers that yeah. were. Yeah, it's know, just a di- it's just a different level of that skill, isn't it? Yeah, and it was obviously something that they targeted in the week, and it was a game plan that. You know, unfortunately for us English, um, you know, got the better of us. So tell, tell me, what, what kind of shaped balls are you um, throwing in um, uh, in training? What, you know, it's what a, do you like to do? It's a pure mixture. It's a pure mixture. Um, I think the the good thing about having knowledgeable um, line-out callers is yeah. that they they like to bring in new stuff and keep opposition guessing. Because look, defensively, they will look through the opposition coming up's line-out no end for triggers for you know movements that they might regularly use their go-to lineouts. So we like to you know it's important to keep things fresh and. So what kind of triggers have you found in found in the past? Well, a lot. One, a lot of teams uses the ball. Yeah. And you obviously go in with multiple calls where if they're marking up certain areas, you can call somewhere else on the go spontaneously. Yeah. Um. So yeah, things like that really, and and then. You know, if you if you've got a pod of three, for example, and you're trying to move forwards, 
a lot of teams would use the back lifter to trigger it so he doesn't get left, left behind on the lift so he's not late yeah yeah whereas you know some teams might use the jumper as the trigger so that he just sets off he has to catch him up and it forces you to be quicker I guess the problem with triggering on the ball is both packs have exactly the same same information so if the trigger's the ball and it's a front ball that front jumper the opposite front jumper has basically got the same same trigger as you yeah um, but it, look defensive lineups are really tough because lifters for example might be looking at the ball yeah. or they might be looking at second row you miss it for a split second the ball's in and gone yeah so it's, it's not an easy skill at all that's why you know you're seeing quite high percentage um, throwing stats really well I'm not going to ask you which team if teams if a team at all but have you managed to completely figure out a team uh, in in analysis and then pull it off during the game look I think it's, it's the the main thing that you hear Eddie Jones talk about it loads don't you like preparation yeah. is absolutely everything um, I think you like to think that you're going into games with a really good idea of what the team's about mm. um, figuring out in terms of I know exactly where they're going to throw this or yeah. I know exactly what they're going to do you know that's that doesn't really happen but you'd like to think that every team has their own DNA that you can work out and you kind of know what's coming. Exeter, for example, the stats are there for everyone to see. They keep the ball more than anyone else. Yeah. So defensively, you know that you, you're going to be defending for long periods. I reckon game week against Exeter might be might be the easiest um, analysis of all, which is they're going to uh, they're going to keep keep the ball and they're going to and they're going to pick and go. And there's nothing that we can do about it. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. They're still sitting top of the league by miles, so. Uh, they're obviously pretty good at it, and there's, there's, there's always, you know, more analysis you can do to maybe, you know, catch them out a little bit. Yeah, I was watching them. Uh, d- did you see the game this afternoon? I didn't know. God, they make it look so easy. It's it it, it is ridiculous. Uh, that 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 pick and go game. I'm starting to wonder if that's if they do it slightly different to other teams, or if they're just better at the very same stuff that that, that other teams do. I think it's just like a game plan, isn't it? It requires buy-in, and mm. all of their team buy into it. Yeah, all of their team buy into. Uh, the breakdown, uh, you'll see all eight forwards commit around the ball. It's not like, oh, we'll send a few, and if we get going, then everyone. It's literally, we're picking and going, we're committed. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Try do you, and stop us. Do you, yeah, the amazing thing for me about that is nobody ever panics, because they might be like really close to the line, and then they'll be driven back to the five metres. But They don't change what they're doing. They just go straight back to it. Yeah, it's, it's, ball retention's outstanding, isn't it? And I suppose very old school, isn't it? If we've got the ball, they can't score. It's a, it's a tough mentality, but defensively, it is very tiring defending so many phases, and, yeah. and that's what they're about, isn't it? It's, it's purely we'll work harder than you. Now, as a fan, because uh, what I tend to find is a lot of rugby players don't actually like rugby that much. I'm assuming you are actually quite a big rugby fan. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose so. Look, I played amateur, didn't I, until I was 22. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I love playing with my mates. Um it's it's a very tough game. You know, playing it professionally has brought obviously a bit of a different outlook on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, absolutely, I absolutely love it. Look, I'm lucky to call it my job. So, so when you see an Exeter style team, the pick and go game, do you think in do do you enjoy that style of rugby, or is there a style of rugby that that you prefer to watch? I respect it definitely, but I think um, it's an interesting point because look, I'm a big football fan as well, and. Um, does it get to a point where teams have a duty to entertain, or is winning enough? Well, I, you know, so this is my point, really, which is I think there's nothing more exciting than Exeter with the ball in 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 the five meter line, yeah. because it's so inevitable, it's so gladiatorial, and it's uh, it is that gladiatorial is probably a good word for it, isn't it? It's purely like you were saying before. This is what we're doing: try and stop us. It's yeah, very alpha, isn't it? It's, <laughs> we're in your face and try and stop us. All the best. Yeah, we've <laughs> even told you the call. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's it's an interesting point you make. Um, I think uh, one thing that that we frustrate ourselves with is, is, like you're saying, is you know, potentially we're not here to entertain. We're here to win games. Yeah. Don't get bored of doing simple stuff um, because the kicking game is very interesting. One, you know, you'll see teams kick the ball loads and loads and loads, and it can be quite infuriating. But at the end of the day, if it's winning you games, mm. why would you change it? Well, I think the thing about kicking people don't really understand is. You need to kick in order to change the defensive team's shape, yeah. so you can do do everything else. And it's not until they change their shape that you can that you can keep the ball. If you keep the ball in hand, you're going to have a pretty miserable game. It's just going to be you know fifteen on you know thir- basically thirteen on thirteen. And again, with um, with the new defensive laws as well at the breakdown, the tackler can't get up in in a tackle anymore. Yeah. He has to come from around the gate. You're seeing a fifteen man 
defensive line. Yeah. So you're going to have to kick at some point because you run into brick walls. Exactly. I think the kicking game as well in the Premiership has got so much better recently. As in the short kicking game. I agree with you. I think um, almost like rugby league-esque, isn't it? In yeah. terms of like little grubbers into the in goal, um, crossfield kicks. Uh, you see it in the Southern Hemisphere a lot, don't you? Um, a lot of kicks in and around the 22-metre line trying to catch the back three out and stuff. And oh, so, well, um, Henry Trinder did, did, did some marvellous stuff uh, this afternoon. Nearly scored what I think would be basically try, try the season. I think he did it the other week. No, it was uh, Woodward. Did, did, did you see that one? No. He kind of just chips it around, runs off the pitch. Come off the back. pitch and come back yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Ab- Absolutely class. Yeah, there's no substitute for pace. Is there? It'd be nice to be that quick. Yeah. Well... Talk, talking of pace, you're in a, a pretty pacey wasps, uh, uh, pretty pacey wasp, wasp squad. Yeah, I think we we like to see ourselves quite a dynamic squad. Mm. Um, we're probably not the biggest, are we? But but we we feel like we can bring uh, a tempo to games that hopefully you know other teams can't live with. So I mean, you would you'd never you would never would have guessed that a team built by Die Young would be in like. In, in in that mold, but is that is that your basic game plan? Which is you want to outwork everyone else. You want to get 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 to line out quicker, get to line outs quicker, keep the ball in play. Is is that the basic premise? Uh, yeah, kind of. I, I suppose so. We we just we when we're playing well, we're playing quick. Mm. So sometimes it's not even to catch other teams off guard so they can't rest. Because let's be honest, look, everyone's fit. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a good point. They're getting fitter and fitter. Um, it's just purely when we're playing well, we're playing quick. Yeah. Uh, if we're slowing things down, you know, line out might, you know, um, not go to hand or, you know, mistakes at the breakdown. But if we're quick and we're dynamic, you know, we're on the front foot, you know, that's when we're at our best. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there is so much pace in that side. I mean, would you would you say that's probably the fastest backline in the Premiership? It's got to be up there. Potentially, isn't it? It is potentially. I suppose it depends what we put out. Well, particularly with Elliot Daly at 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it depends what we put out, but I suppose Kyle and Gabby are no slouches either. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good so, point. Uh, oh. No, no, I agree with you, yeah. It's, it's a very, the uh, conditioning games in pre-season can, can be quite interesting. Uh, where Where's Kyle Smith up to at the moment? Is he, is, is He's he in the band, isn't he? He's swinging oh. arm on Marcus Smith still going on. Oh, is it? I can't remember if it's this week or the Saints week that he's back. Now, I'd be interested to know what, 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 um, what your answer is to this. But generally speaking, everyone that I've spoken to who has played with Kyle Eastman, rates him as one of the best, if not the best player that they've played with. Easily. Really? Easily up there. I don't know. I can't, look, I can't say best or, or whatever, but mate, natural skill set. Uh, I think it's the rugby league thing, you know, the square. You, you're finding teams play a lot out the back now, aren't you? Yeah. From, that, is, that is rugby league DNA. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, yeah, his, his, his skill set's brilliant, mate, honestly. And, and he must be 80 kilos wet through. And I tell <laughs> yeah. you, what, he hits like a train. Does he? He hits like an absolute train. Yeah, that is... Who, who has said... So Carl Ferns rates him as the best player that he that he's a that he's ever played with. Literally top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like and qu- completely independently, separate conversation. Rob Webber too said, yeah. "Yeah, just comfortably the best. Yeah, organizes everything. Mouthy, just yeah. pretty player. Old and boy, isn't he? Um, yeah, look, at, he's definitely up there, mate. And those two are pretty well respected lads, aren't they? Who, yeah, you were saying that. Um, yeah, mate. In terms of just natural ability and, and skill set, definitely one of the best I've ever played with. Yeah, it's just a shame because he's been there for two years. There's, he's had a few injuries, but if they could have just kept him and Sippers on the field for extended periods together. of time together, I mean, I, I dread to think what they would have come up with. You go for that um, that nine, ten, twelve. Yeah, is pretty scary to look at from a defensive point of view, isn't it? Um, he's, he's just been unfortunate, mate. He, he 
he had his Achilles ruptured. That's a nasty he? one, man. And that's yeah, that was absolute hell. I was absolutely gutted for him because just trying to find you know find some form and and put some games together. And I know I know speaking to him that he, he does get frustrated because you know you asked me before if, if I love playing rugby. He loves playing rugby. Does he? You just have to speak to him about rugby to know that he loves playing rugby. <laughs> uh, do you know many lads that don't enjoy playing? playing rugby or are not rugby fans because I've got a list of them I'm not going to name any names <laughs> I'm not going to name any names but um, I think I think some people don't enjoy it as much as others put it that way yeah. but, um, but I think like I was saying before though, when it becomes your job it comes with the it? pressure and it comes and, and you can't escape it mm. um, look, you finish training any other job you finish and you 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 know, you go to the gym and, and whatever, and you you finish work for the day. You know, we finish training, and and you might go on social media, and you know, it, people are, everyone's got an opinion on you. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the the probably the main reason why why boys you know might not like it as much as as others. Yeah, social media for rugby player must be an absolute nightmare because I get criticised quite a lot on social media, most of the time, right like rightly so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bangs are rights. Yeah. Um, but like, if you are, you know, if you're relatively sensitive about it, or you know, if you drop the pens on it, or that kind of thing, it must be a nightmare, actually. Yeah, I, th- I think something I've tried to do this year is try and stay in the middle. So while things are going well, don't be all up on, you know, really high and, and looking, reading all these great comments about you because <laughs> retweeting exactly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> self promotion, eh? Um, because of, you know, inevitably you're going to have a bad game at some point. Yeah, and then you're going to read those comments, and they're the ones that will stick with you. So I think it's quite important to just stay in the middle. Oh, I com- I completely agree. I, we might get say ten positive comments about egg chasers or about uh, Ribby Dungeon, but it'll be the one negative one that yeah, I think. Of no, that, no. Yeah, yeah, and obviously if it is a, um, a tweet or whatever, it can be lost in context as well. So you, yeah. you know, you try and maybe look for the negative when actually it might have just been a passing comment or you know. Yeah, I've had to try and. Um, temper my social media engagement quite quite drastically you, were you recently. replying were you yeah too much probably <laughs> too, too too much writing incendiary articles and all the rest of it yeah um so you were irish were you when the year was that last year the year that they got, got promoted no it was the year before you year year got before. relegated oh really did you yeah. go to the new york game then i did that was my first premiership start was it so yeah. i went out i went out to that game yeah it was mega it, mega. it, it, it was, was ace wasn't it it was ace but uh i think they maybe have been a little bit disappointed with the attendance I can't yeah. remember the... Oh, 16,000 it was. Is that what it was? Yeah. Was it actually... Yeah, oh, so, right, sorry, I thought it was less than that. No, you are right about them being disappointed because it was a 30,000-seater stadium. Yeah. So, Red, you know, the Red Bull Arena, they said they said 16,000, whether they actually got 16,000 in there or not. Exactly. That's That's, you know... That, that's, that was a that's cool place, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was ace. It was absolutely ace. And it was a good game, but summed up that year pretty well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, what I remember about that game really was... Number one, I think I thought Sean Maitland looked like comfortably the best player in Irish shirt that day. Cheers, uh, I, cheers I, mate. I see, uh? Cheers, mate. Uh, sorry, second best <laughs> player. Best player in the backs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, 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 the other one as well, which really surprised me, is how good Jackson Ray's feet were, of all things. He had a storming game. Yeah, good athlete, isn't he? Yeah. Um, probably like modern day back row, isn't he? Plays all across the back row. And I think, like you were saying before, probably potentially unlucky not to get some England recognition. Yeah, right? I, I thought. I think you're right there because he's so because he is so versatile. Well, he plays good. Yeah, he plays you know pretty much every week. So you know, and they're doing all right. Very very hand, very very handy guy to, to have around. So you were working with um, one of my uh, uh, one of my previous guests and uh, some, some, someone who I respect very very highly, uh, Glenn, Glenn Delaney. Yes, yes, uh, good bloke. He so the year I was Irish was when we brought across uh, Tom Coventry from the Chiefs yeah and uh, a couple of others uh, Clark Laidlaw and um, I think he come from the Blues and but they basically went full Southern Hemisphere so Glenn took a back step yes so he didn't really get involved in much of the coaching uh, sort of oversaw everything um, but was still very much knocking about the place and what a good bloke he is I think he's destined for, for, for great things do you still still I, yeah absolutely so, co- coaching world yeah so I think he was at Canterbury I think he's now with um, Crusaders yeah sure he's at Crusaders yeah. and I, I used to think he's going to continually progress because he's got the people skills he's got the knowledge and that's huge isn't it I think, I think a lot of people have the knowledge because they've been around the game for yeah. so long and the the ability to to get the best out of players through you know like you say people, people skills the ability just to have a conversation 
He's very good at that. Oh crikey! Yeah. So I'm just again joining some joining joining some more dots. So you are actually Irish at the same time as as on, as Andy Simons then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there must be a link there for you going going over to Wasps. Um, we. I think I signed before Simmer. Um, Did you? Yeah. Um, but it was it's tough because you look you're in a changing room where you're losing. You're kind of looking like you're destined for relegation. You can't be going up to your mates saying, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm off to Wasps next year." You, <laughs> do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's not See, it's like, not boys. a night. It doesn't make for good culture, does it? So um, it's not something we spoke about. I think once I got announced, he obviously we then had a chat and and whatnot. But he's actually he's one of my good mates at the club now. He's absolute. Yeah, legend. he's a good lad. He is a good bloke. Um, so did you do the the the, the whole Irish consulate thing? Were, were you there for that? What do you mean? So the day before the game. London Irish invited to the Irish, the Irish consulate. Saracens went to the English consulate, and Irish went to the no. Irish consulate. And Tom Coventry was doing like interviews and stuff like that. Glenn Delaney was there. Uh, Where was Jordan that? Was there. It was actually in New York, in in the Irish, in like the diplomatic. Oh building. right, no, no, no. Yeah, what, was, the day before was it? Yeah, uh, the day before, or two days before. Oh uh, right, no, no, didn't do any. I was uh, I was staying humble, keeping my head down, of not, do, not doing any of the media stuff, you know. Yeah, we, you guys were based in the New York Jets facility for that. Oh mate, yeah, that is mega. I bet it is. That was mega. Um, we so Sarri stayed in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, so they were obviously seeing the sights and and because obviously you know people naturally will have mates at other clubs and whatnot. We stayed in some random place. Uh, I forget <laughs> the name of it. it something somewhere out in New Jersey. Mate, I'm guessing. Honestly, it was miles away. So we were in this random, like dingy hotel. Um, but the, but we used to get the coach to to the Jets facility, and oh my god, that place is absolutely unreal. Um, big indoor, four uh, G pitch with uh, memorabilia, you know, all over yeah. uh, stats. The stats just aren't on a you know an A four piece of paper. They're literally like right in your face. This guy. Um, what like what like gym stats or like receiving stats all or? over? So they have like because um, they have different squads, don't they? Have like an attacking squad, a yeah, yeah. Squad. So we had meeting room. Um, we used one of their meeting rooms, and I think it was I don't know attacking or whatever. Uh, and all their stats are up, um, you know, from previous years. So top whatever meters uh, previous years. Uh, ah, yeah, yours after contact all sort of over, yeah, rushing yours. <laughs> you know what they're like? Is. They're massively over the yeah. top. But um, is mate, that was one of the coolest places I've been to. That yeah, their facilities. I'm trying to think. Is it? So, so I think Meadows, isn't it? Or oh no, Happy Valley. I'm sure it's Happy is that Valley. What it's called? Or is that where they do the training camp? I, I, mate, I, I can't know. remember, but I would if you get a chance to go out there, mate. Honestly, unbelievable. So we had a really cool experience. So every time that there's a game on the in the states, particularly a Premiership game, I'll, I'll go and try and watch it. Yeah. But we were at the um, we were at the All Blacks versus USA game when you know the, the first of the United States ser- yeah. series games when it all became pretty pretty fashionable, yeah. and the United States media team could not be nicer to, to us I mean they were absolutely brilliant the All Blacks rolled in and it's like it's like the Empire from, from Star Wars have just showed up yeah. and they're, you know, they're all pretty cold uh, pretty cold with everyone and we got kicked out of the stadium oh, and right. this is like the media training days oh what you media yeah you got to go so we weren't allowed to pitch side to watch so we had to go back in uh, but it was an em- you know it wasn't a match day it was it was completely empty so we yeah. got in a lift and we just thought we'd go for a little one like wander around the stadium yeah. went as high as we could in Chicago in Chicago's Soldier Field yeah and when then watch the um watch watch the training from from the owners box because it was open I know that's pretty cool, that pretty <laughs> cool. I know they're, they're quite um they like to keep they feel like they're, they're ahead aren't they you know so they try to keep their training t- techniques to themselves I know that you know you speak to like conditioners and stuff yeah. like that um trying to get hold of any all black data, um, you know the tests they run to get fit. Yeah, you know, the test the strength stuff like that. They try and keep it to themselves because well, rightly so, I guess. Yeah, mate. Look, if they're trying to be the best. Look, they're the best team in the world, and they're that for a reason. They're trying to stay ahead. Yeah. Why would you start giving you know everyone else a chance? The, the thing which really interested me about watching them train is they practice the hacker. I thought, yeah, of course they practice the hacker. Yeah, when else would you do weird. it? That is weird, isn't it? When do they do it in the middle at the start? Yeah, they, right, right. At the start, they 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 run into the center of the pitch, did a hacker, then. Just, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then warmed up. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool, isn't it? I suppose, like I say, yeah, it's, you know, they have to practice. It, I suppose you're not yeah. be messing that up in front of everyone, can you? I know. I, I I don't think they should be allowed to do it. You know, on away grounds, that should be like the stipulation. You can do it at home, but when you come to our house, why? Just because you shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed to. I think it's a spectacle, though, isn't it? I think people look forward to seeing the hacker. They do, but do you remember when Wales? So 
The problem is with the hacker, like, there's loads of rules around it. So you've got to respect it. Yeah, you've got to respect it. Well, yeah. if you're forced to respect it, you're not really respecting it. You know, it doesn't really matter. You've got to be 10 yards away or you know, yeah. this, that, and the other. And Wales, one time only, got the right to respond to it. And they sung, they sung some song of some sort. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but after that, they always wanted the the right to reply. So they, the, the All Blacks, do you remember when they did it in the change room, the hacker? Oh, that rings a bell. Yeah, so what happened is, because they weren't allowed, Wales weren't allowed the right to reply, they said, we're going to sing our song anyway. The All Blacks did the hacker in the in, in the change room, not on the pitch. Um. So my thing is, if you're going to do do your dance, well, that's that's that, that's absolutely fine. You just can't do it here. Um, yeah, that's that, a, and that'll be that. It's an interesting point of view. I wouldn't, you know, I'd make him angry before you play it. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I'd make him as uncomfortable as possible. I'd be turning yeah. up the heating in, in the changing yeah, yeah. room. That's funny. You've, you've just reminded me of a story when I was at Rotherham and we had a big game and we're in these dingy changing rooms. We used to, our captain, um, he's, he's at Nottingham now, <laughs> he, uh, he threw um, a massive bucket of water in their changing room before they had to go and get changed in Did it. Did he? Yeah. Lad. Make it as, literally just make it as hell as possible for other teams. I, I, I tell you what, is it genuinely, <laughs> uh, gen- genuinely looks bad to change in his bath. It's just not very big. It's tiny. It's, what, it's my, one of my favourite places to play though. Uh, oh, I think it might be the best sports stadium in the UK. It's mag- it is class. And I think just the place is nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you walk down from the hotel that you stay in and you go through the city and, and in through the in through the gates and stuff. Um but yeah, the changing rooms are tiny. But do you know? I think you need to be a special kind of player to play at Bath. I don't mean like physically or from a rugby point of view, but just because it's so insular. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, like, like I mean, I'm guessing you can wander on Coventry without without getting mugged, <laughs> uh, mobbed. Sorry, mugged or mobbed, mugged. Both. Uh, mobbed. Hopefully both. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose I think that, that's one thing that um, that the boys liked about London is the ability to disappear yeah um, but we uh, I think it, it's a hard one isn't it because it's part and parcel of your job yeah hey, you know like it or not you you have become someone in the in the eye of the, of the public so they're going to like bumping into you um, but a lot of the boys live in, um, in and around Leamington oh nice and that's actually quite a small it's a lovely Leamington place it is absolutely lovely um, but when there's four six foot eight lads walking around. It's pretty obvious <laughs> yeah. that they play for wasps. That is, yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a tell. It is, isn't it? And I think you kind of, when you're in amongst it every day, you forget how big everyone is. Yeah. Um, and then you do go into you know into these places and and you're like, oh my god. Well, I mean, even even the small guys are big. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. It's it's, it's getting it's getting worse as well. Well, I say worse. It's just it's you know, boys are getting bigger. Boys are getting stronger. Boys are getting fitter. How. How how big are you? Because you, you don't seem, for instance, like I mean, you're not like Rob Webber size. No, no, no. Um, I'm well rounded up. Yeah, five, oh, five ten. Five ten. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, six foot for contracts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Six foot and uh, yeah, one hundred ten kilos for contracts. Exactly. So, um, and then I, I fluctuate between you know either side of a hundred kilos. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm one of those people that's always been told that you know you're too small, you you're this and you're that. So um, I just take it upon myself that hey, if I'm going to be small, I've got to make sure that I'm physical. Yeah. Um, because the moment you know you're not physical, that you are going to get a question for being too small. Do you know what I think? Maybe Hooker might have the greatest range of body types. Yeah, yeah, um, not a bad shout. Uh, just like talking about you know, like you said about Rob Webber, there. Yeah. You know, big bloke. Um, Tommy is like you. You. If you were going to draw a physique that you wanted <laughs> yeah, a hooker, yeah. that's probably TT, isn't it? Um, and then, yeah, I, I suppose so, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, that, actually, Wasps are a perfect example of it. They've got you, Tommy Taylor, and Ashley Johnson. Ash, yeah. I mean, Ashley Johnson's, what, 6'2", or something? Yeah, including his hair. Yeah, yeah. Probably, like, yeah, 6'2", uh, and obviously a completely different body shape to, to me and TT. offers completely different... You know, mm. set of skills, I suppose, doesn't he? And he's a big old boy. Now, when you're arranging your front rows, do you do anything like, um, like you try and put the big, like the taller guys together or the shorter guys together? Or is it just whoever's there goes? Uh, it's just whoever. Well, it's just if if you pick, you you play. There's no, you know, me going with someone like Marty Moore, yeah, um, or me going with Coops, um, Jacob Woolley. You know, there's no difference really. Marty's probably my height. He'll hate me for saying that. He thinks he's taller <laughs> than me. Um, so you might think that that would make it less yeah. awkward, but not necessarily. So the reason, I, the only reason I ask that is I have heard of teams putting out a tall front row and then a shorter front front, front row. I, I, I tell you where I've heard that, uh, Mac. It's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, it was relatively recently. 
but you know they've got the guys so they right we'll have the taller guys together and then, and then the shorter guys together I think um, it's tough because naturally if you look at a scrum position um, it doesn't really suit longer physiques does it no. so taller, taller props if you put them all together you know and it goes down it kind of just looks that they're taking it down because it's not a natural props are getting bigger though I mean it, it used to be relatively rare to get guys who are like you know six like six six no six foot would be about I think Carl standard. Heyman was the was the original like tall prop wasn't it yeah I six can't foot four was. Was six four well they had if you think about them they had Carl Heyman tight head was he tight head yeah, yeah. and then Andrew Sheridan a loose head and they're both yeah. six four yeah and they're animals it's an alright front row isn't it <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting point, mate. But it's the first I've heard of it. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't look forward to scrummaging with one person more than the other. Do you not have any favoured combinations? Then you don't have someone that you like playing with at tight head or or loose head. Scrummaging's tough, isn't it? Because um, one week you can be put, you know, up in the air, and mm. the next the next week you you're flying forwards. It's, it's kind of form comes into it as well, isn't it? And I suppose you you kind of pick your best side if if you've coming up against a scrum the following week that is notoriously got a big scrum yeah and maybe you do start to think about putting your best combinations out but it's a tough one isn't it because props just like kickers are either in form or not in form yeah it's, it's props are weird because i'm not sure if it's like you know in in, in fighting terms a sty- style what's the saying like styles make matchups or, or some such thing or is it just raw power i mean how much can technique really really uh, really help if you are Again, let's use again Andrew Sheridan say um, I think well I think what what it is is the, the scary combination would be that if he was technically good and that big yeah that's, that's the, the end goal isn't it um, but I suppose it helps being absolutely massive you know I suppose you can maybe get away with having a bit of a worse technique but um, it's you only have to bump into props to have a chat about scrummaging about how technical it is I so I, I have got a massive conspiracy I think at the top level right yeah, of course. I think the lower down the levels that you get, there's almost a conspiracy where props make it more technical than it actually needs to be in order to keep other people away. Couldn't agree more. Uh, there, there is no way. Look, I, I'm especially. It must be so hard to ref. Yeah. Because let's be honest, a prop retires. He ain't thinking about going into refereeing, is he? <laughs> no. So you very rarely find a front rower that's that becomes a ref. So especially when you go into lower leagues and you're talking about all this technical stuff and this and that. Yeah, realistically. Referees are going to probably just award a team that's going forwards. You don't really know. Rightly what's going so. On. Yeah, yeah. As right long as you're so. going forward, yeah. do what you want. Yeah, yeah, and and I suppose there is an argument for that as well. But you don't want it to become messy, and then we get the resets, and then we get you know the fans start clapping, telling hurry up. Yeah, well, I mean, my favourite seven minutes of rugby was Sale versus Bath at the Wreck in the corner and it was just seven minutes of scrums, yeah. and it was awesome. And and until someone yielded, yellow yeah. card, yeah. then yielded. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really interesting point. The scrum, I think, the scrum is is probably where rugby gets its identity. Yeah, I think without the scrum, it's not rugby union. It, it's that is you know for me that is rugby union. So I think it's something that is is constantly we're trying to um, improve, isn't it? We're trying to make it safer, but at the same time, we want more completed scrums because we don't want it to become an issue and, and start ruining games. But you know, if people like you are enjoying seven minutes of scrums, oh, I love it. We're in a good place, don't we? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't understand why you wouldn't. Uh, it's, particularly if one team is going forward and it's the penalty. No, that, that's when it's good. Not with the resets. It's when you win the penalty and then you go and have you another scrum. scrum. Yeah, that is like, awesome. Right, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's like what we were saying about Exeter. It's just very alpha, isn't it? You know yeah. what's coming. Try and stop us. It's exactly a push, right. pushing contest. So do you have, um, I mean, I guess not now because you're so far in, into your career, but growing up, did you have a hooker in mind who you would try and emulate? Um, towards the end of my, I suppose, Stockport career when I, you know, 20, 21, 22, mm. I just love, I love being entertained. So I love people like Shout Brits is, is, yeah. is the the guy who stands out for me because obviously he's still playing. Um, just cause he's, he's, he's entertaining, isn't he? He's brilliant. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I try and, uh, try and be like him because mm. he's, he's Shout Brits for a reason. Um, but. You know, like I just love being entertained. You know, you've got the opposite spectrum that when I used to go and watch Sale and they had like a Sebastian Bruno type and yeah, you know, like a big aggressive um, scrummaging type hooker. Um, but just uh, 
interesting to look at, aren't they? Because just massive blokes. Yeah, well, Sebastian Bruno was. I, I, I tell you what, France have got some awesome, awesome options at hooker. Yeah, Grado's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, um, and is the um, cat or chat or whatever? Yeah, they, yeah. Well, however, however, you, however you want to say it. Yeah, he, he's obviously very good, and they've got um, Tolafua, who's at uh, oh yeah, of course, Saris, who has had a bit stop-start um, season. Um, and have you seen the? I don't know if he's French. I assume he is French. The La Rochelle hooker. Um, try to think who that is now. He socks down. Um, so he's obviously cool. He's about twenty. I reckon he's twenty-one. And both times we played them, he was one of their best players. I'm trying to think who that is now. Uh, well, I'll have a look afterwards, mate. Yeah, really, really good player. Yeah, that, that is a team which seem well. I say come up, come out of nowhere. They haven't come out of nowhere. They were very good last year. Um, but before before that, I mean, who on earth will La Rochelle? Yeah. I've got the, some, some of these lads are absolute dynamite. We um, we went away to La Rochelle in the, in the Champions Cup, and it's an unbelievable it's classic France, you know, yeah. like very um, very good atmosphere. Um, but they they just they play, don't they? They offload. They've got that Antonio at tight head who is massive <laughs> yeah. and arms free, trying to offload the ball. Well, that Bottier, I mean, oh, where's yeah. he come from? Well, was he's a, a back row centre, back row centre, obviously. <laughs> Why not? That's everyone's dream, isn't it? Um, yeah, he played back row against us, and yeah, again, he was brilliant. I think he's nominated for. I can't remember. Did someone won that yet? He's nominated for European Player of the Year, wasn't Probably. he? Probably. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, brilliant player. Um, but yeah, yeah, they've come out of nowhere, but in terms of you know in- entertainment value. Of course, cause, because they were, in, they were in your group. Yeah. And just to back up what you were saying there, um, my colleague Tim, who I do the other podcast with, I think he actually did the game out there did you know you're running around with the mics yeah and he was saying that the atmosphere is brilliant so that might be one of our away trips mate it's absolutely brilliant um i don't know what it's like as a place we, we didn't get to see it much of a place and it was chucking it down when we turned up um but the stadium itself is mm. is brilliant do you, do you ever get time to see the places that that you visit or is it very much business in get, get back on the bus and go again it depends where you go really i mean what do you mean european or, or just generally Both, actually um i suppose if we're staying over uh we like to get there, you know, mid-afternoon where lads can get some treatment and get in the pool and do a bit of a session. And then you're free to do whatever you want. Mm. So some lads are different, aren't they? Some lads like to go and get an early night because they might have a young kid. Yeah. Me, for example. Exactly. Um, or, you know, some lads like to go and have a coffee with the boys because they don't really want to think about the game so much. Yeah. Um, so we have the time to go out and see these places. And, you know, some places, obviously, like we said about Bath, yeah, it's nice to go out there. Yeah, it's it, it is, place, isn't it? Isn't it? I, was, I was talking to one of the guys in Glasgow, and they went. Um, he went down to to Treviso, and that's just the only reason that, that I asked really, because he said it, it it was awesome to get time to look to look around to look, look around the town and just soak it in because they go there, they get back on their plane, and then they uh, and then they come back. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, no, I agree with you. And there's some there's some great places to go and spot, especially in Europe. Um, you should take advantage of it, really, shouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Well. I'm glad you mentioned something, something you said before. Uh, coffee with the boys. Uh, one of my favourite stories is a, a James Haskell one. Okay. Where apparently uh, they go around the go around the room. I think it's an England camp, asking what they're going to do with their spare time to contribute to their lives after rugby. And one of the guys actually said, "Coffee with the boys." I mean, that was his that was his actual <laughs> thing. Coffee with the boys. <laughs> so uh, what 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 have you got planned post rugby? You're not thinking that far ahead yet. Um. My, my last couple of years, obviously, I've, I've signed a new contract now, so you know that was kind of that out of the way. But I've had, um, I've got a fifteen-month-old daughter, and I'm getting married in May. How are you? So it's it's been absolute chaos. So actually trying to, I sound like I'm making excuses. <laughs> so actually trying trying to get things in place. Like I I'd, I'd like doing a bit of coaching, but you know um, it's in the background at the moment. But whether I want to go go forward with that um, is one thing, and. And maybe look into just because it's funny you said that. Uh, maybe look into opening up some sort of coffee shop somewhere. Ah, okay. Um, but this is just kind of in the background at the moment. Um, me and uh, another lad, Ben Harris, who's yeah. a, a proper uh, wasps. Um, so it's there. It's an idea, and that's all it is at the moment. Well, uh, there's a we we, uh, we do a, a few podcasts from here, and the other one is um, can't remember it now. Bloody hell! Uh, uh, Whippets and flat caps. Okay. Which is John Wilkin and Mark Flanagan. Yeah, and they've got a tremendous little business going in uh, in, in Manchester. It's ex- exactly that. It's, it's called it's, uh, uh, Pot Kettle Black, yeah. isn't it? My because um, obviously I've discussed this with with the uh, with the boss. She um, she went into Manchester for coffee, 
and bumped across, bumped into this place, obviously not knowing who these people were. Yeah. So this this is Mega. Picks up his uh, his business card and gives it to me, and I'm like reading it like John Wilkins. She's like, yeah, I've just been chatting with John Wilkins. I was like, oh, get you, you and John, top boys, are you? Yeah, he is. Ser- he is a seriously, seriously uh, cool, uh, cool guy, is John. He's, very, I didn't realize cool. he was still playing. Oh yeah, but he's um he's like some sort of like philosopher monk. All right, he's a pretty deep thinker. Uh, which is not what you expect for a rugby league kind of guy. No. I'm assuming two of them have built an absolute tremendous business. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been in there when we um, played Sale last year, uh, mm. and it's class. Yeah, it's a lovely place. Yeah, they've even got like a head of, I think, a head of coffee. Head of coffee. Yeah, and he wanders around and sources things. Girl. Yeah, there, there's actually the, the tradition of rugby players and coffee shops is a long and long and storied one. Well, it is because <laughs> we sat up a lot and. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know, after training, you don't want to go straight home. You know, you might have a finish at two at half two. Mm. You just go and sat with the lads, don't you? Over a, yeah. over a flat white. And... There must be someone in, in, in Wasps already that has a coffee brand. Not a coffee brand, but, but coffee shop I know be... Elliot is opening up a coffee shop in Leamington. Is he? Um, I think that's Coffee Lab because that already exists. So he's just um, he's just got involved with that in Leamington. Okay. Um, and I think obviously. Before Jonesy retired, I think he was thinking about doing that. Jonesy? Sam Jones. Ah, right, yeah. Um, which, obviously, really sad story. Yeah, it is. Um, he was going to go in with Elliot, but I think because of the retirement thing, he's going to have to look into something else, I think. Yeah, well, there's Jika Jika down there. Oh, Bath, which has obviously start, started the whole thing. There is. Um, what's the, what's they got? Jika uh, Jika was, um, well, who was it? That was, like, Lee Mears and all those boys. Oh, uh, right, the old boys. Yeah, and then there was, I think, has Chris, I think... Chris Robshaw might have a cafe. I think uh, there's Sam. What's his name down 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 in, down in Worcester? He's got. Oh one. no, that's who. Uh, the Sam off- Smith is Sam it? Sam Smith. Yeah, that was uh, where a little bit of the motivation came from. Actually, oh, was it? Um, the RPA put on a spe- uh, a little um, like a steak and eggs breakfast at Gaucho for us, and nice. he uh, he spoke. He was the speaker, uh, just talking about his transition because he was forced into retirement, wasn't he? Mm. Um, like, lovely bloke, really lovely bloke. Um, and he's just opened up his second second spot uh, now. He's got one in Worcester, one in Birmingham. Yeah. Way- oh, Wayland Yard is. That's the one. Oh, and there's also a Couch Grand, Couch Grand Coffee, who is Dave Seymour. That's a coffee oh, brand. Right. Okay. So that's actual coffee that he's Yeah, selling. yeah. But he's, 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 he's got like a little van, which, he, which well, he doesn't drive it personally. Does he do it at the ground? Yeah, he's got the concession at Sale, and he's got one in Spinning Fields too. Oh, right, nice. Yeah, because I know, I think uh, some of the investors at Sale are Spinning... Is that Spinning Fields? Is that right? They were a sponsor, yeah. Okay. They were a sponsor. I don't know if they are investors. The investors yeah. at the moment... So there is there's connection there, isn't oh, there? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I love it around that area. It's really it's cool, cool spot, it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's amazing actually that Sale don't make more of that when when recruiting players. Because don't get me wrong, I mean Leicester's nice, but it's still Leicester. Yeah. You know, if you're <laughs> playing like in the Midlands, you know, Northampton, yeah, great for shoes, but they don't really want a night out there. Yeah, no, yeah, interesting point. I think it is. I think it is a, a point that they used to to get people there because Manchester is well. Look, probably are you Manchester, Manchester bloke. But... No, North uh, North Wales, and then ah, right. moved over here. Ah, well, we're obviously in Manchester now. Um, <laughs> Both obviously love it ourselves, but I think I think they probably do use that to try and get boys over. Yeah, uh, have you found it settling down in Coventry? Uh, really well, really yeah. easy. Because um, we come from London, so that was chaos, as you can imagine. Um, coming from Stockport to 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 London is is quite a big difference. Um, it's just quieter. My um, my missus was pregnant, so she settled in really well because you obviously join in with like the classes and you yeah. meet a load of other pregnant ladies and and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all really nice, and and she's obviously moved into a new area and and got really friendly with a load of people. So uh, we absolutely love it there. So yeah. are you in Leamington too? Did you say I'm in Kenilworth? Oh right, we had our pre-season there. Oh right, in yeah, the good, on good the hills. Club. Oh, at the at the rugby club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, there's a, a park in Kenilworth called Abbey Fields, and it's very hilly. Oh, that's is it? Where we do a bit of our hill training. Yeah. Uh, so the. Coach of Kinnelworth is yeah, it's uh, Whitehead. Whitehead. Chris, Chris Whitehead did a session with uh, with them uh, before. When was it before Christmas? Just after Christmas. Yeah, um, and he's a lovely bloke. He is. He's, he's a, a good lad. He's a Premiership winner. Is that is that right in saying that? Is that right? No, because they won it last year, didn't they? So Chris would have retired. Maybe, maybe he was. No, 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 no. no hold on. How long has you been retired? I'm not that's too a good, sure. That's a good question. I don't know. I think um, you might have just missed it. But he uh, he was a really nice bloke. Yeah, really easy going. And 
I think uh, I don't know how he's ended up in Kenilworth. You know, from Devon to well, the, <laughs> the thing which struck me is obviously he was. Uh, he was frustrated at hooker because he plays himself at 10 for Kenilworth. <laughs> yeah, well, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> played hooker your whole life. It's like, yeah, over you go. I'm, in, I'm playing 10, boys. I'm captain. Yeah, they've got a phenomenal eight <laughs> as well. But not that anyone wants to hear about uh, no. how, like, how good Kenilworth are. <laughs> Excellent. Right, mate. Well, we've been, going, we've been going at this for over an hour now. So uh, shall, we, shall we call it a day there? Yeah, no, happy days. Thanks for having me. No, uh, absolute pleasure. And next time you're up, we'll have to do it again. Top man. Oh, actually, before we go, let's uh, do the obligatory thing. Where can we find you on social media and stuff? Uh, Twitter is cruise underscore dog two. Yep. And Instagram is cruise dog. There you are. Thank you very much, Mr. Cruise Dog. (laughs) 